0: Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham, joined by Jerry Ratcliffe here on The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. We've got uh, some basketball to talk about later, uh, but we'll start and talk a lot about UVA football with uh, Virginia getting ready to start a four-game homestand uh, with Miami coming to town this weekend, 12.30 kickoff in Scott Stadium on Saturday and uh, Jerry it's it's a game that uh, you know both teams come in with three and four records but for a Virginia team that has been up and down all season long with a chance to maybe
1: get something going here in the fall. Uh, Absolutely Chris and you know Miami is is three and four but they've lost uh, I think four of their last five games and so they don't have a lot of momentum coming in and They have a couple of pretty bad losses. Uh, I guess the middle Tennessee, um, and uh, they lost 45 to 31, and they lost to Duke 45 to 21. Um, Even though Duke has turned out to be a pretty good football team, a lot better than people thought. And I I think a lot of that's because of that quarterback who can run the ball. but uh, this Miami team has been pretty inconsistent, and, and they may be without their starting quarterback. We're not sure about that yet, but it sounds that way. Tyler Van Dyke suffered a shoulder injury in, I think, the first half of the, that loss to Duke, a, a game in which uh, Miami had eight turnovers. Uh, so they're kind of struggling coming on the road. They They haven't traditionally had a lot of success in Charlottesville to begin with. And so it's a golden opportunity uh, for Virginia to build off of that win last Thursday night and get some momentum going for this incredible homestand. I don't, I don't ever remember Virginia playing four home games in a row, in the in the forty years I've been covering UVA football.
0: You know, let's talk about Miami for a second. We uh, we were both at the ACC kickoff back uh, three plus months ago now. And uh, it was another year where the media decided that Miami's back. We've, you know, media has been yeah. deciding Miami's back for a long, long time. Uh, they've won one ACC Coastal title since joining the league in 2004. Um, that certainly wasn't the plan when John Swafford brought them in all those years ago. The thought was, hey, we got a dominant Miami program. They were just on the heels of, you know, a couple years away from a national championship back when they came in, and. You know, I was talking about this on a podcast earlier this week with our colleague Scott German, and Scott was giving the um, maybe the Miami line more of anything more than anything else. Well, you know, maybe academic standards have gone up and it's harder to recruit there, et cetera, et cetera. Jerry, I look at this program i look at the recruiting rankings every year. And dating back to Al Golden, this program, I mean the, the coaches have recruited great. You know, they have, they traditionally have top 15, sometimes top 10 national recruiting classes. They just can't win football games. Uh, you know, you've been covering the ACC, like you mentioned, for 40 years.
1: What is going on there? I don't get it either, Chris. Uh, I mean, they've, they've had decent coaches to come and go. Uh, I, I really don't know. I can't put my finger on it. They've, they're always, uh, doing well in the recruiting rankings so the talent's there and, and if uh, Tony Elliott said Tuesday when we were talking to him that this is the most talented team that they have faced this year uh so I I, I really don't know I, I don't know how I don't know how you would figure out what is going on down there that they can't win um Cristobal uh, has won everywhere but uh, and he seems to, you know, everything you hear him say seems to be the right thing. And I, I, I just, I don't get it. I really just don't get it. You got that kind of talent every year. It seems like one common thread, Chris, that I've noticed uh, over the past several seasons, if, if adversity strikes, they just don't respond very well to it. The players. And a lot of times they just kind of mail it in. Uh, and I don't know what you do about that um because uh, you know that that goes for some of the more talented players too so uh you know maybe if virginia strikes early in this game saturday that uh and uh they can kind of break miami's will and 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 see how they respond to adversity early in the game
0: So each week, it seems like uh, this season, even before the season, we had uh, different focal points, we as the media, you and I specifically, maybe too. Before the season started, it was, can the defense uh, improve from last year? And the defense has played pretty well, uh, especially last week. Great, great, great effort last week in the win at Georgia Tech. Then for a long time this season, focus was on on the offensive side of the ball. And and still, it's not like that's out of the woods yet, but this week, a lot of talk in the press conference with Tony Elliott about special teams you and I have both wrote a lot about this this week um it seems like um n- not some just tweaks or small changes but an overhaul of the approach is coming uh for UVA on special teams from hearing Tony Elliott talk about it
1: yeah he termed it as a come to Jesus meeting and certainly that was needed I think and uh we'll see how these guys respond uh, you know it's not uncommon for coaches uh, on all levels of college football to use some of their best players um, on special teams because, I mean, you you were talking about talented athletes who can contribute heavily to special teams and he's no different than the others. But he said he had to fire uh, some guys off, some of those guys off his special teams recently because they just weren't putting out the effort that uh, was required and uh, y- you just can't do that. And uh, he, he said he's decided that if if you're so tired and you can't give all your effort on special teams, then we'll give you some plays off on offense or defense, whichever side of the ball you normally play on. We'll give you time off there instead of special teams to get his point across. And you know, that, that's something that I, I think he needed to do. Because, uh, these guys would much rather not take any time off on offense or defense. So they'll definitely, uh, I think, start contributing more heavily to their assignments on special teams because they, they have been fairly atrocious, actually, uh, from game one up until last week. Uh, on that side of the, in that phase of football, uh, with a blocked punt, uh, two missed field goals, a missed extra point, uh, downing the ball inside their own 10, letting the ball get through their hands uh, inside the 15, uh, stuff like that. The only bright thing I've seen special teams last Thursday night was uh, Daniel Sparks was terrific in pinning Georgia Tech back deep inside its own territory and uh forcing them to to punt uh giving Virginia good field position which Virginia never really could take advantage of very much but it did keep them ahead and allowed them to win the game as I like to do
0: I try to quantify things when I can and so I went back and, and did some study today um I looked at the um the number of mistakes uh, on special teams last year versus this year. I know Tony, Ellie doesn't like hearing about last year, Um, but mistakes being defined as a fumble on a kick return, um, a punt block missed extra point, a missed field goal, try or a penalty. And so, so far this year, 23 of those for the UVA special teams and I counted the number of plays and it's kind of hard to do. It's not, it's not one place. You have to add up the number of, Kickoff returns, including touchbacks and punt returns, including balls that are downed. And, uh, and then also field goal tries on both sides and extra point tries on both sides. All okay, right. So 23 errors, 195 plays on special teams this year. That's an 11.8% error rate um, that, I, that I calculated there. Last year, same, uh, you know, same rubric, 18 special teams errors. So already the lower number, 18 for 12 games, 23 for seven games. And last year, uh, the whole season, there were 374 special teams plays for the UVA team, so a 4.8 percent error rate. So last year, you know, some sort of mistake uh, on 4.8 percent of plays. This year, some sort of mistake on 11.8 percent of plays. It's almost triple. Yeah, um, it's, it. Stands out. I mean, it confirms what we're seeing. we we've we've noticed that there's lots of errors, and it's there in the numbers.
1: Yeah. And, you know, even sometimes even when they do make a, a decent special teams play, it's negated by a penalty, uh, a, a really dumb penalty. And uh, we've seen that uh, way too often, including last Thursday night. They, uh, I agree with what Elliot said, that the, they really shouldn't have won that game considering all the mistakes they made on special teams. Cause normally when you do that, you're on the, the losing side and, uh um, they were fortunate to be able to pull that out, considering all those mistakes, and and that's that's mind-boggling that they've had almost triple the number, or in terms of percentage of special teams errors, uh, in only seven games thus far.
0: Also addressing special teams, um, I guess it's going to be in effect this weekend. The way Tony Elliot was talking about it on Tuesday, uh, he said they've been given reps to Jay Woolfolk, the the backup quarterback. At punt returner, and now, you know, I'm, I'm of two minds on this, Sherry, so you, we, we were both around when uh, Marcus Hagans was the backup quarterback and was also returning punts and, and even playing wide receiver for a couple of years when he's backing up Matt Schaub, and it worked out pretty well for that for that for those teams, those two teams. Um, he had some good numbers, especially on punt returns uh, his second year uh, as, a, as a punt returner. Um, but the danger is that you've got a guy back there who's your backup quarterback, and there's no one behind Jay Wolfolk with any college experience. Um, and and Brennan Armstrong runs a lot. <laughs> so, yes. um, you know, what's your sense on this? I mean, it's to me, it smacks a little bit. Okay. One, you got, you're getting an athlete on the field and you're getting something out of him. And Wolfolk can create in the open field. We see that when he, when he's a quarterback, he's, he's dangerous with his feet. But you're also rolling the dice, and it's a little risky because if he gets hurt, Brennan Armstrong's out there without a safety net.
1: That's true. And, and I, I can see both sides of it. But I, I tend to believe that at this point, this juncture of the season with the five games left, um, they want to get to a bowl game. And I think they'll do just about anything they can to be bowl eligible for what, the fifth year in a row? Um, our sixth year in a row. I, uh, I I I know it's a risk, but I, I tend to believe that it might be a good move to to try to get him, Wolf Wolfok some punt returns, just to see what he can do. Most of the time, we've seen the way punting is today. There, there's really not much in terms of punt returns. It's usually a fair catch or or a guy who. Uh, might get two, two, three, four yards on a punt return. So I, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it's it's a little bit of a dilemma, but he is dynamic. And if he does get any open space at all, I, he might be able to break one. Uh, not saying that Billy Kemp can't, but Billy is still not 100% from his various injuries, mostly ankle, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So I, I, I think uh, – you know, I, I don't see any harm in it. I, I I remember how effective Marcus Higgins was back in those days and seemed to work out okay. I, I think it'll be all right. Um, you're right, though, if Armstrong does get hurt, and he is running the ball, I think 13 carries last Thursday night was his most carries on the season. And uh, half of those were called plays. Half of them were scrambles, including the really long run that, probably, maybe in all actuality, may have won the game for Virginia. Um, so I don't know. I think at this point you got to pull out all the stops to see if you can get some momentum going, try to build on it, and and get this team bowl eligible again, and which I think will help recruiting. And right now recruiting needs all the help it can get. Um, but, again, it, it is a risk. I mean, you, you never know if a guy – Uh, Could get hurt on a punt return, but it usually doesn't happen. But uh, it's a risk you have to take sometimes.
0: We lost Bryce Hall a couple years ago blocking on a punt return. Yes, Uh, I do remember. Yeah, that was just blocking on a punt return. That was a that was a freak injury. But uh, um, also interesting regarding Jay Wolfolk that came out of the 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 presser on Tuesday. Um, Now he missed. He didn't even dress or travel last week uh, for the Georgia Tech game. As it turns out, he suffered a non contact injury in practice. Uh, MRI, according to Tony Elliott, determining that uh, uh, that was uh, just something that was sort of um, holding over from high school, maybe a high school injury of some sort, that uh, just an old injury that flared up, and he's been cleared and he's been practicing all week. And so, but we we were told that last week um, the uh, he, uh, Tony Elliott, I guess Des Kitching the offensive coordinator, had installed a package of plays for Jay Wolfolk uh, at quarterback, and when he was pressed on that he said it wasn't just wildcat plays. It was actually some plays that, uh, you know, I guess the implication, if it's not just wildcat, that there may have been some passing plays in there too. So uh, we may see Wolfolk using that role too, where he gets he gets a few snaps at quarterback and a chance to um, either run the ball or create uh, with his feet on the perimeter. Um, that's interesting too. I think it's, it's maybe serves twofold. One, it, it maybe, you know, gives Brennan Armstrong a chance to, uh you know get off the field for a series or two but also it gives the coaching staff a chance to get some live fire looks at Wolfolk because if he's a quarterback of the future uh you might want to see him running this offense a little bit
1: yeah you know I I think that's smart because uh and not using him strictly as a wildcat because when they did that a couple of years ago when Armstrong was hurt with uh, a couple of guys uh It was just too predictable. The other team knew exactly what was going to happen. Sometimes they couldn't stop it, but they knew that it was going to be a run and not a pass. I I think it's smart if you're going to have a package for him that you have to include him as a, as a thrower uh, and not tip off the defense as to what's coming. And so I think that's smart. I think it's also smart if you can get him some playing time, because like you said, he is the quarterback of the future and, um, we all know what he can do with the ball in his hands. We we heard Tony talk about uh, a scrimmage they had before the season started over at Scott Stadium, and Wolfuck was, uh, quote, electric when he had the ball in his hands running the football in that scrimmage. So uh, I'm sure that's still the case. And who knows, he might give the offense a jolt that they need if things – become stagnant and they, the drives continue to stall like they have on occasion. They got to put points on the board, Chris. They're, they're they're one of the lowest scoring teams in the country. There's around 18 points a game and you're just not going to win many football games scoring 18 points. They again they were lucky to do that last week. But I don't I don't know that you can hang your hat on that for the rest of the season if you're trying to get bowl eligible.
2: Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions, tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434 296 46
0: Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer. Personally Fit Art Supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Especially, they had 410 yards of offense last week, but the, the kicking game left at least 7 points off the board. Maybe a 10, If you, I would count 10 because there was one series where Tony Elliott decided to go forward on like a 4th and 3 around the 25-yard line normally you kick that ball um, and he mm-hmm. just doesn't have any confidence in, in the kicking game right now. Um, but back to Wolfolk, Chris, for one more thing. Hey, if nothing else, him talking about that in the press conference, it's out there in the mainstream. Now the Miami coaching staff has to have somebody uh, monitoring these things. And now it's planted a seed in their heads. Hey, we have to game plan perhaps for Jay Wolfolk to be in there for a series of plays. He's a right-handed quarterback. So it flips the field and flips the formations. Um, it gives them something else to have to think about, whether or not we even, you know, do anything serious with it offensively.
1: That's a good point. And, uh, you know, you only get so much preparation time, and I'm sure that uh, if they have to take a little more extra time to prepare uh, for a possible wolf exciting, that it's going to detract from some of the other time they have to prepare for everything else. So um, I think that's – I think that's an advantage for Virginia in that in that uh, gamesmanship kind of uh, part of it. And, you know, Virginia pretty much is having to prepare for another quarterback as well because it looks like Tyler Van Dyke is not going to play and that uh, the kid Garcia, the backup, who's played in four games, finished off last week's game at Duke and had five turnovers in the second half. So – uh they're having to prepare for both guys but I think uh, it sounds like that Garcia is going to be the guy that plays.
0: Yeah, I was going to go over the next to that yeah without Van Dyke in the mix I mean he he came of his own last year uh in the Virginia game against Miami uh it, it was, I guess it was around October 1st of last year had a big game and a loss for Miami down uh, uh in South Florida and um so yeah it likely won't be around this weekend for for part two of that. Uh, but f- as far as Virginia's defense, um, what an effort, what a performance from the defense last week. Uh, we talked about it on our podcast last Friday, uh, but you know, 201 yards of offense for Georgia tech. And they really won that game for, for the Virginia team. The Virginia defense stepped up to make up for the deficiencies of the offense and special teams and, and got stops every time it needed to.
1: Yeah, they really did. And, uh, I, uh... Part of that uh, was, I think, possible in part because they knocked Georgia Tech's quarterback, uh, Jeff Sims, out of the game early and made Georgia Tech very one-dimensional. Uh, anytime you can make a team one-dimensional, it's going to help a lot, and they certainly did that. But, uh, you know, they they had eight sacks in that game, uh, which was second most uh, in ACC history since they've been – tracking sacks which uh, i'm not sure uh, might have been in the 80s or 90s but um you know virginia is now tied for 11th in the country in in sacks chris uh, 23 i think the school record was set in 19 with somewhere around 45 so you know they might even have a shot at that record if they can continue on any kind of a decent pace and they're third in the acc in that department and uh they're 12th in the country in fumbles recovered with eight, and they're 29th in the country in turnovers gained with 13. So John Rudzinski has turned those guys loose. (laughs) They're starting to make a a big impact. Uh, He can be a pretty aggressive guy when he wants to be, and uh, I think they're presenting a lot of problems. And and I think a lot of it, uh, if you listen to Tony, a lot of it starts up front because they've got a lot of playable depth in that front seven now, and that that's made a big difference. Uh, they've got different guys uh, making an impact, and uh, certainly Chico Bennett has been terrific. He didn't get to play last year after transferring up from Georgia Tech, and now he's already been ACC defensive lineman of the week twice this season already and uh, leads the ACC in uh, sacks, I believe, and he's just been terrific, and he's getting a lot of help from the, the rest of those guys and uh the, back in the secondary just, those guys are starting to improve a little bit too with uh, more guys being healthy and and being able to make plays
0: what's interesting about it when you start thinking ab- about the the job that rosinski's doing he is he's the, he's the coaching staff mvp in my opinion one but two um he play they play a similar defensive system. I mean, it's a lot of similarities at least to what um, Bronco Mendenhall and and his group Kelly Poppinga and uh Nick Howell, played uh, they play a three three five and and um Ruzinski's, is called a three four stack, but very similar i mean it's 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 got mm-hmm. five defensive backs in and you know so so it's very similar with similar personnel the only difference is they got some guys off the transfer portal that to be, to be blunt, were guys that, you know, were, were going to go somewhere, and they weren't the most heralded guys coming off the transfer portal, but they've plugged them in. Those guys, Cam Butler, I'm thinking of, um, yeah. Paula Carey, uh, you know, Chico Bennett, he, he was around last year but didn't get to play because of the ACL injury. But these are guys who were available. It's not like these were stars at the places they were before, and they came in, you know, and, and started here. So he he basically with the inherited roster, um, and a few guys off the transfer portal, uh, basically turned a defense that was porous last year into a, a solid unit this year. That what a job! You can't say enough about the job that Ruzinski is doing.
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. And they've limited the big plays. I think they're number two in the country, or tied for number two in the country, in limiting big plays of thirty yards or more. And I mean, just think what uh, last year's team might have been if they could have been able to do that. They, With the offense of numbers they were putting up, if they could have stopped all those big plays last year, my gosh, they could have won the Coastal, and who knows what they could have done. I guess they would have played in the Orange Bowl again.
0: Very well, yeah. I mean, that's the – that's the, that's the lament is is we didn't have la- this year's defense last year. We don't have last year's offense this year necessarily. But <laughs> we, we have the four home games. Uh, and then we don't – I mean, Virginia doesn't leave the Commonwealth uh, the rest of the regular season at least, uh, um, starting with Miami this weekend. So um, – uh, what are your expectations? Uh, do, you, do you think this Virginia team, I mean, Miami's coming in wounded, and Virginia at least is coming off of a win. It was not the prettiest win, but it was a win. Do you think that Virginia can build on this this weekend?
1: I do. The, uh, Miami's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, according to Vegas Insider, which is usually one of the better uh, oddsmakers out there. And uh, But Virginia, you know, uh, I'd like to say that's a great home field advantage and it certainly used to be. I was looking at uh, those numbers since 2018, they're 23 and 6, but um, a lot of those numbers came from ni- 18, 19, and 20 when they were um 17 and 2 at home. Last year they were 4 and 3. Uh, one of those losses to Number seven Notre Dame, one of those to number twenty Pitt, and this year so far they're two and one at home, losing at Louisville, which I still don't see how they lost that game. So um, they should have a home field advantage. They they need to step it up and and uh, try to take advantage of that. But yeah, I, I think with the fact that um, Armstrong is starting. I think to get this offense and the receivers, I think, are starting to buy in. Um, They still had three dropped balls last week, one of them for a touchdown, but maybe that's starting to shore up a little bit. And, uh, you know, Cristobal, listening to him this week, he said, you know, maybe Armstrong is not putting up the numbers that he did a year ago, but he's still just as dangerous as he – was at any point last year so um, I think this offense is starting to click a little bit more each week Uh, the numbers don't bear that out in terms of uh, big numbers but I still think that he's starting to make some connections with the receivers and I think he's starting to run the ball a lot like he did last year. And, and I think they've told him, maybe maybe they were holding back a little bit earlier in the season. But uh, now they're telling him, you know, if you're, after you go through your progressions, if it's not there, don't sit in the pocket, take off with it. And that's what he was accustomed to doing and doing well with that last year. And I when he does that, Virginia's offense is a lot more dangerous, I think, because he can he can make a big gain at any time. Because he's got, he's got good running skills. 12.30
0: kickoff on Saturday, and Jerry and I will be there. Uh, Jerry uh, will be on Twitter. I'll do a live blog on Augusta Free Press. Uh, so join us in addition to watching the game, or if you're in the stadium even too, you can follow us on your mobile phones.
2: UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boasts one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game.
0: One bit of basketball recruiting news, Jerry. We were talking about this before we hit record. Um, Some recruiting news with the women's basketball program. We haven't talked about women's basketball recruiting for the last couple of weeks. Um, And this one projects out a few years.
1: (laughs) Just a few. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about the Recruiting class of 2027, Chris. (laughs) Uh, Who knows what's going to be going on in our lives at that point. But uh, Coach Mox has reached out to an eighth grader, 13-year-old Ivana Wilson-Manyaka. I believe she's from Frederick, Maryland. It's hard to find out much about her because she is in the eighth grade. (laughs) But somehow Coach Mox found her, and uh, apparently this girl has made a lot of noise for uh, no longer than she's been around. And so uh, she's already, Chris, believe it or not, in the eighth grade, has already had offers from Michigan, Boston College, Northeastern, Georgia, and Georgia Mason, um, and Virginia. Virginia was the latest to jump on board, so. Uh, well, I guess we'll be hearing a lot about her uh, over the coming years. We, by the time, should she come here in twenty twenty seven, we might know more about her than any player that's ever come here before, just because we've been following her for five years. But uh, they also reached out to a a, a girl from the class of twenty twenty six who uh, is actually rated. One of the top fifteen players in her class in the country, uh, Samaya Green from Richmond, who plays for the Stewart School. Uh, she's a six-foot wing forward, who's been offered by Syracuse, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Virginia, and has been on an unofficial visit to Baylor. So she's uh, she's in the women's girls aau circuit she's uh, already made a lot of noise uh she's ranked number 12 nationally in her class by top spot basketball and ranked number two in the state of virginia uh for her class so uh, coach mox is not uh, leaving any stones unturned buddy. she's out there looking for talent down the road and and uh close to home
0: you know, it's been a while, but I for about five or six years, I coached youth basketball at my local YMCA, and uh, uh, I coached young a lot of, of young girls, uh, nine to thirteen, generally that that age group. And I'm just trying to think back: could I have ever foreseen that any of those girls were definitely college material when they were between <laughs> those ages? You know, and so it's that must that says that this young this young lady from Frederick, Maryland. Must be pretty, pretty eye opening to uh, to see because uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's you know there's competitive AEU and all this that they get a chance to play against some older age groups and that kind of thing. But man, she's getting all those offers. By the time 2027 rolls around, she might have offers from all 360 or whatever it is <laughs> programs. By the time it's all said and done,
1: she very well could. I tell you, <laughs> she keeps progressing the way uh, it's projected. That's no question about it.
0: I did the math. We got eleven games until opening night. Uh, As I think it's a doubleheader. The women play in the afternoon, and then UVA men open on on Monday, November seventh at night. Um, And that's going to be. I I think I'm going to be there for both games. I'm going to try to be there for the women's game too. I want to see what Coach Mox can roll out there. It'll Um, be a long day. It'd be a long day. It's it's. uh, But you know, I'm I'm excited about what she's uh, what she's been doing. I mean, it's it's until you see him play, you know. But she's i think done a great job on the transfer portal uh to get some players in for this year and and um uh certainly on the recruiting trail for the next few years she's got some some players coming in so um this will be an important bridge year to to help even more on that recruiting efforts on those recruiting efforts but you know she's promising an up-tempo style of play uh, hard-nosed defense rebounding and you know, it's, I, I think anything hard-nosed has been missing from this program the last few years, so I'm hoping to see that that she can, you know, kind of lay the foundation and you know, kind of want to see that in action.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, she's made all the right moves on the court and off the court and, and on the recruiting trail, and uh, I think these kids believe in her. I think she believes in them, and that was something that was also missing the last couple of years as well. Uh, I think she's got the program ahead already headed in the right direction as it's, it's only going to go up from here I think fans will really enjoy watching them play uh in this upcoming game and the rest of the season it, they will give uh, ultimate effort'm I'm, I'm positive of that and uh I, I just think this woman knows how to coach and I, I think not just in games but in practice and and uh how to win the confidence of her team. And it's going to make all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah, that's important. That's the important part there is having, having the confidence of your team and they'll, they'll trust you uh, when they're going to get tough. Um, so, uh, well, again, 11 games, 11 days till that tips off. But, uh, gosh, football this weekend, our lives get even more crazy because we have those games. We have four football home games in a row. We got, you know, all this – all these. the men's schedule is so packed early in the season this year. Um, it's a it's it's great. I, I love how packed it is. It's going to be a lot of fun the next uh, few months. So, uh, Jerry, I know you like I don't to.
1: Think we're going to have many days off in November.
0: Chris. I don't think we are. No, <laughs> November and maybe even yeah, early December too. Uh, the, the schedule. We'll, we'll we'll look forward to that exam break. <laughs> Some years I, I don't like the exam break, but I think we might actually look forward to that this year. <laughs> we'll need a break. That's for sure. Yes. And we don't have to take the exams either. So. <laughs> Thank um, goodness. <laughs> well, I know our listeners have already heard the commercials for our uh, sponsors, but I know you also like to thank them as we wrap the show up.
1: I truly do, and uh, we appreciate them. We wouldn't be here without them, and it's a Ragged Mountain Running Shop. You know those people, uh, Mark and Cynthia Lorenzoni, and, and how important they are to the running community here. Also, uh, the Good Feet Store, uh, if you've got any walking, running issues with your feet your ankles your knees your hips your back you owe it to yourself to go by and see if they can help you i guarantee you they can uh they will fit they will do a personal fitting for you and uh and uh if uh, they, they have the devices that uh just make your feet feel so much better and it can help a lot of other issues that you have in your body It help me and I, I can testify that it's worth your time and effort to go see them aberdeen barn best steakhouse in virginia uh we're gonna be going there soon we got we got to we just it's been too long <laughs> since we've been there uh we gotta stop working so hard chris we need to take a night off and eat eat some steak eat just, some steak
0: uh, and have a glass of wine and just reminisce right <laughs> that's
1: right go by there it's uh one of the best wahoo hangouts in charlottesville you'll love the atmosphere and UVA Orthopedics, uh, those guys uh, will be having one of their doctors on sometime in the next few days, So as we have one on every month in our rotation. Uh, certainly, they are the people that keep all the UVA athletes healthy and some JMU athletes as well, and our general community. And one of the, go by and see them if you have any issues. They have a great new facility out on – ivy road uh, state of the art one of the finest in the country and certainly on the east coast so if you have any issues please you owe it to yourself to see the best because they can help you and they can uh, get rid of all the uh, issues you have in shoulders or any of your joints hips knees you, you name it um, they can fix you up so we appreciate those people and if you See any of them, tell them that uh, you appreciate them sponsoring our podcast because we we uh, definitely appreciate their help.
0: Yeah, our thanks to the sponsors. Tell them who he sent you. That, that's, uh, that'll, that'll, that'll get you an extra bounty point or two. That's right. Um, <laughs> thanks to Jerry Radcliffe, and, and thanks to you for listening. Really appreciate your your uh, help with our programs here. Go to jerryradcliffe.com, AugustaFreePress.com for the latest on UVA sports and more. For Jerry Radcliffe, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great day.